Welcome to the Shiny Brightly Show. I'm Howard Brown, author, speaker, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, international peacemaker, and yes, two-time stage four cancer patient survivor and advocate. Each episode will take you from resilience to hope and a whole lot more because Shiny Brightly does make the world a better place. Be prepared to be inspired. Welcome to Shining Brightly. It's Maestro with the Mike Howard Brown. Excited to uh, to be with you today, and I've got a really important guest. He's not only important; he's a good friend of mine. Hey, Ron, how you doing? I'm doing great, Howard. Thank you oh, so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, it's uh, it's unbelievable. We live 45 minutes apart, and uh, haven't seen you during the whole uh, COVID thing. But uh, got to make plans to uh, to meet up real soon. This is uh, this is an important one for me. As, as, as many of the audience knows, you know, I'm a, a stage four colorectal uh, cancer patient, uh, survivor, and advocate. And I wanted to bring Ron and his company, Microtech Endoscopy, on this podcast. And um, I'm selfish about it, but this is to save lives and to help people. And so, Ron, um, please introduce yourself a little bit on your bio and uh, tell people uh, about yourself. Sure. So thanks again for having me on, Howard. My name's Ron Perry. Microtech Endoscopy is a, is a global company uh, that's been around for over 22 years in the field of medical devices. And uh, we make products that uh, uh, treat patients uh, that assist gastroenterologists to look inside of the GI tract of, of the human body, form diagnosis, and perform procedures. Uh, and I've been with this company for over seven years. The company itself has been around for over 20 years, um, but seven years here in the U.S. And my background has been in all types of uh, sales and business development and management roles within medical devices for the majority of my career. I was actually with Medtronic uh, for a while in, in their primary cardiovascular business, and I've been in this GI business for uh, the last uh, seven years and and being part of Microtech, which is still fairly new in the United States, uh, as I mentioned, seven years uh, has been very, very exciting to help build this business. And uh, now I'm supporting and overseeing commercial operations for our business throughout the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, it's really amazing, but um, You've you've really grown a grown a big foothold here in the Western Hemisphere, and it's it's so important. I, I got to tell you, I don't even know which products go inside me, but all I know is that they're there to help me, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Tell tell everyone here uh, something we don't know about you. Something uh, most people don't know, but so uh, completely unrelated to GI, uh, something uh, geeky and nerdy about me. Uh, I've always been a, a lifetime. Uh, James Bond fan to the extent that I've actually attended James Bond conventions before. That was a long time ago, and uh, now I'm just more of a of a normal fan. But uh, that's definitely one of the things that gets me, you know, all excited. Uh, even in this day and age, I still feel the character and the, and the movies are evolving. So I love it. Tidbit. I love it. Ronnie Perry 007, shaken not stirred. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna get serious here for a second. Um, so I, I have to tell you that now I'm a, I'm a colonoscopy a year guy now because I've gone through colorectal cancer. But this, on a serious note, if I was 40 or 42 and not at 50, I, I would have had my colonoscopy. We might not be having this conversation right now. Um, 
it takes a long time, depending on the growth of a tumor. And uh, my tumor grew to eight and a half centimeters in my cecum, the connection point between small and large intestine. And it, it, it took eight to 10 years to grow to that, that length. And when I had my colonoscopy, my, uh, my gastroenterologist, actually, uh, I looked up, I thought everything was good. And he said, nope, I found something. And thank God he did, because uh, he marked it, he took piece out. And um, within about two weeks, I, I actually had a colon resection. Um, and they, they, they took the tumor out and they, uh, they, they took the first step for me to, uh, you know, to, to move me on. And, and then I followed that with, uh, you know, cycles of chemotherapy. Now, I want to just, we, we got some statistics that I'm sure that you have and, and want to run through, but I, I, I can't even state it enough. I mean, you and I will repeat ourselves throughout this entire uh, podcast to go get screened. So give me some of the stats that you have um, on, on colorectal cancer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is very serious business. And, um, you know, thank goodness, you know, obviously, uh, you know, if you could turn back the clock, I'm sure in your case, you would have, you know, like you said, you would have wished you had gotten that screening earlier. Um, but the great, not the great, but, the, you know, I think the most notable thing about this, I will cite some statistics, is that this is a preventable disease and it's preventable because colon colorectal cancer screening is institutionalized in our country as it is in, in many other countries. Um, it's the second most common cancer diagnosed in the U.S. Uh, and then in terms of uh, uh, being a, a leading cause of death, it's the, it's the second largest for men and the third most in women. So this, again, it is serious, serious stuff, about 150,000 cases of, of, of colon cancer, new cases of colon cancer are diagnosed uh, each year, uh, about 50,000 people, this is in the U.S., die of it each year. Um, it's, it's astounding. It's, it's very, very substantial. Um, but again, the, the most important thing here is that it is preventable. There are, uh, there is in this country, you know, an institutionalized set of guidelines uh, to screen patients for them. So as long as you are aware of them, and and here we are today to help, you know, shout from the mountaintops further about uh, the fact that this is a preventable disease and it can be screened. And now the age for being screened is is lower than it's ever been, uh, and you know. All of us, uh, you know, especially us who are, you know, either have been impacted by this, uh, know somebody or work in the industry, we, you know, we need to be talking about this every day. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's uh, making, we got to make colon cancer famous, as I say, because uh, it's no fun. I mean, I, I want to wish everyone to go get screened because to go through the chemotherapy, the surgeries, the clinical trials, the side effects, the emotional, physical, financial, and relationship stress that I've had to endure. No one deserves that. It's, it's awful. And so, you know, do the prep, go get screened, right? Um, you mentioned something, though, that uh, the age just dropped. Um, why, why did the age drop? And because uh, it was 50 when I was kind of going through things these last few years. Right. So, you know, in the, in the, in the last few years, uh, starting with um, uh, statements, recommendations from the American Cancer Society, but now Again, it's it's been institutionalized where that age has dropped from 50 to 45, and you know it's based upon science and research uh, that there was a discovery in the increase of early colon cancer in, in middle-aged adults, 
the reasons for that are, are still not entirely known. You know, they could be environmental, uh, lifestyle, uh, or other factors. Scientific and clinical community isn't sure yet, but because of the output uh, or outcomes of, of that research, um, it was deemed appropriate to lower that screening age. And I think it's important to remember, um, you know, to do mass screenings across an entire population of a country uh, is, you know, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not something that is to be taken lightly. There, there are, you know, there have been uh, calls for screening for uh, heart disease and other, you know, clinical conditions as well. Um, but GI is, you know, in this, in the, colon cancer is unique in that, you know, this, this is something that has been institutionalized in this and in other countries. And so I think it, it, it stands uh, as, as something very unique and obviously very important not to diminish at all, um, you know, the, the, the potential benefit of, of screening for other serious clinical conditions. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it does take a lot of resources, effort and money. And, uh, you know, colon cancer is, is you know, uh, one, one clinical condition which has been uh, identified as one which benefits where people benefit from early screening. Yeah. So colorectal cancer, and I, I know that um, insurance now covers it if you're 45, um, and that's, um, you know, Medicaid, Medicare, private insurances are, are, are now required to cover it and uh, payers. So that's really important. So that, you know, there are a population that doesn't, ha- is, doesn't have insurance, unfortunately. And um, we'll talk about diversities in uh, screening in a second. But I will say this, that this isn't, you know, your grandpa's disease anymore. Um, there is a rise of young onset colorectal cancer. And so if you're not 45 and you have a family history, you can get screened earlier. If you are not 45, but you are young and you are actually having um, stomach or rectal issues or um, because it, it, it's hard to get it diagnosed. I, I've heard story after story of irritable bowel syndrome, uh, you know, take some gas X and you'll be fine. Um, so it sometimes is misdiagnosed. And so uh, I and also agree. If you have a family history, right? That that's also yeah. a red flag, regardless of your age, 100%, regardless. So, so for those two reasons, so um so go through some of the, the, the screening options that, that people have for, for colorectal cancer. Sure. Um, you know, and I'll preface this by saying, so there's three primary screening options today. Two of them are somewhat similar. Um, and one is, you know, what's considered the gold standard. That's a colonoscopy. But before I get into the, those, those three screening modalities, I think it's important to say that, you know, any kind of screening test is better than no test. So, uh, you know, I'll mention three here and, you know, technology is evolving and there are, you know, there are certainly, uh, there, there are other developing methods of screening that, uh, um, you know, are being studied right now and that, uh, you know, may become more mainstream in, in the future. But right now, the primary ways in which uh, screenings occur are through what's called the gold standard, and that's an endoscopy. Uh, so, you know, flexible endoscopy is widely considered to be the most effective method for early diagnosis and, and treatment of gastrointestinal cancer. Um, and this is really because of the visual verification. A physician goes in um, into the lower GI tract with uh, a physical scope, it's inserted into the rectum and then up into the large intestine. 
uh, to identify polyps and, and other abnormalities that are either cancerous or could turn into cancer. Um, there's about 15 million colonoscopies performed each year. And again, when you're going up there with this with this colonoscope, uh, when the physician, sorry, the gastroenterologist goes up there with, with a colonoscope, there's a light and a camera. There's There's a physical view of what's going on inside of the body. So that's why it's considered to be the gold standard because you can actually see, uh, um, uh, you know, you can actually see during the course of the procedure. There are uh, two other tests. One is uh, a stool study called a fecal immunochemical test, otherwise known as an FIT. So it checks for hidden blood in the stool um, from the from the large colon. These are tests that need to be repeated. They can be done from home. Um, but again, it, that doesn't encompass physical inspection um, as, as is possible through an endoscope. And another related uh, test also through the stool is a stool DNA test. It looks for abnormal DNA from cancer that can be found in the stool or elements in the stool. And this test uh, can then also would need to be repeated, not as frequently as, as the other stool test. Um, but it would have to be done at home. The, the great thing, the great thing, but you know, if if with a colonoscopy, um, no polyps are found, everything looks normal. You don't have to come back for ten years. For ten years, as opposed to uh, these stool tests that do need to be repeated more frequently. If during a colonoscopy, you know, they do detect polyps uh, or something else abnormal, then, you know, the doctor will, will dictate the next, uh, you know, time frame, which you, you would have to come in. Um, but that, that gold standard, that physical verification um, does have the benefit that if everything looks good, you don't have, you just can not have to worry about it for the next uh, 10 years. So uh, again, it's so, it's so important um, in, in my advocacy space, um, that the, there's two good things. There's there's one really good thing happening is that potentially there's something called a liquid biopsy or circulating tumor DNA. It's a blood test and it still leads to a colonoscopy, but um, early detection, the earlier you get checked out, the, the more hope you, you can have, um, hopefully of get, snipping a polyp or, 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 or being staged earlier, um, being staged later as, as I'm well aware, um, that's when you, you kind of hit the, the danger zone here on the front lines there and and, and trying to look for life extension. Yeah, I do want and, to add, you know, see a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of direct-to-consumer advertising around, you know, Cologuard and you just, sure. you know, which is a stool test and you just mentioned blood tests. There are, yeah. there are breath biopsy tests uh, that are evolving. Um, you know, you've heard of the uh, pill cam. There, there, are, there are different ways in which um, uh, both uh, the, the physician can either can either view or, or diagnose what's going on within the, the GI tract. But again, um, there is no substitute currently for going in with a physical scope um, and, and viewing the rectum and, and the large colon. So it still remains the gold standard. But again, you know, the message I gave before, because, you know, I do work for a medical device company um, and I don't want to appear biased in in my uh, in my answers here. But any screening option is better than no option. That's really the most important message. Yeah, you got to repeat it. So the second thing I was going to add, besides the different ways that you can get checked, which all lead back to a, 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 you know, an endoscopy, a flexible endoscopy or colonoscopy, is that. Um, the big thing now is you got to reach other populations. So we're trying to reach 
uh, folks in rural population, African-American, Latino, indigenous populations now, um, people that um, typically maybe are the highest diagnosed of colon cancer and uh, the least tested. And so we've got to spread and get a more diverse population uh, aware and, and, and get them comfortable with screening, whatever type. And I, I agree with you 100%. Um, so you, you mentioned a couple of reasons, but maybe go a little bit more into what makes uh, the colonoscopy uh, gold standard. I understand you might have a show and tell for us too. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> it's not going to be gross or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's the gold standard. Again, there, there is something called a flexible endoscope, which a licensed gastroenterologist um, will use. It's inserted into uh, the rectum and is basically threaded up uh, through the large column all the way to the cecum that you were mentioning before. There's a light and a camera attached to that, as well as uh, channels that are built into the scope itself, which allows the physician to uh, insert and retract different tools um, that he or she needs to use to uh, inspect tissue and uh, potentially to resect or snip away polyps or, or other growths that might uh, turn into something uh, cancerous. So um, this uh, long, thin, flexible lighted tube is, is the colonoscope. Um, that I do not have a, a sample of here, um, but I do have a actual snare. So I mentioned that within the scope itself, there's a kind of a thinner tube called a working channel which allows the physician to insert certain tools to assist in the procedure. So again, taking tissue samples, clipping uh, uh, polyps, or sometimes uh, stemming bleeds, there are several things that the physician can do. Um, this is uh, a very long device. It doesn't fit into the square of the screen, um, but there's a little handle on one end, and I'll try to put this up against my black shirt yeah, so you yeah. can see it. And oh, yeah. uh, you can see as I'm opening, this snare sort of looks like a lasso. They come in different shapes and sizes. Um, it looks uh, possibly small and flimsy, but it's actually quite sharp. Um, and this is placed around the polyp. And uh, with this handle, you retract the snare and it clips it off. And then there's a, a method by which that polyp can then be sucked up into the the tube of the colonoscope and, and comes out the other side and uh, is then sent to pathology for further analysis. So, wait, wait, Ron, so wait, let's not scare everybody. You are under some light anesthesia. Oh, so yeah. The whole procedure <laughs> takes about 15 or 20 minutes. You won't feel a thing, I promise. Um, I have to tell you, just cleaning yourself out to cleanse them uh, the 24 hours before is way worse than the procedure. Procedure. You had a great sleep. You wake up, and everything should be well. So let's uh, not absolutely, yeah. There's 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 prep involved, and then you're you know you're you're under during this uh, procedure, um, and it goes by very quickly. Um, you know, like you said, about you know 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, you know, and I also also add that you know there's a lot of concern and fear out there around the prep. Oh, you know, got to drink this disgusting liquid, and it's. Um, you know, it, that's the, the, the biggest uh, obstacle to me getting a, a colonoscopy. And, you know, I think, uh, as I've heard you, you mentioned before, Howard, you know, I, obviously the, you know, uh, the, the, the choice between uh, having to deal with some maybe less than desirable prep 
but not getting screened and, and, you know, possibly something bad happening to you, to me, you know, the, the choice is very clear. Also the prep has improved over time. It's not as bad as what it once was. It's essentially drinking a lot of Gatorade and maybe, you know, a couple of additional things to help in the, in the cleansing process, but it's not what it once was either. Um, I so agree. Uh, I agree. I, I'm a, I'm a once, uh, once a year guy. So uh, I, I, I do it and just, you get it done. Um, I, I'm going to put on my advocacy hat here and say, listen, there's tons of information out there. Um, uh, the uh, colorectal cancer Alliance, uh, colontown.org, the colon cancer coalition uh, fight CRC. There's so much information out there and all they want to do is get that information in your hands to check out and be understand that um, that you can make this appointment, you can do it, and uh, that's that's the call to action there. I, I want to uh, point out something that significant that happened, Ron. That you, I think you're aware of. But so um, when you get a movie star uh, like Ryan Reynolds, actually, to have his colonoscopy on air, and he did this just two weeks ago. Um, if you go to leadfrombehind.com, you actually you don't see the gory parts, but you see him do the prep. You actually, uh, you know, if he gets to the hospital and they, they snipped from him and his partner that own a soccer club, uh, one and three polyps, and they're 45 years old. That had three billion impressions out there. So that's that's like getting the word out, you know, making people aware of what they have to do. And I, they're going to further that by going to Latino and African-American and other folks. I, I would say before that, the biggest uh, call to action to at least the um, African-American community was the death of um, the Black Panther, right? So uh, he ended up dying at 43. He kept his uh, diagnosis, you know, very quiet. But um, that was a, a wake-up call for many. And what you and I are trying to do today is give people a wake-up call. You know, um, go yeah, def- definitely. You know, definitely. Uh, you know, I used the term before, shouting from the mountaintops. But yep. Uh, it's great always when celebrities uh, get the word out. So, you know, Ryan Reynolds and, you know, way back uh, 20 years ago, right, it was Katie Couric talking Katie about Couric. getting uh, her colonoscopy. So, you know, I think the more she just people filmed her talk- mammogram, Ronnie, she just filmed her mammogram. Unfortunately, she has breast cancer now. So she just filmed her mammogram. So thank God, thank God they do it. I mean, really. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank God they do it. And, you know, things like mammograms and uh, you know, colorectal cancer screenings, colonoscopies, those are, you know, phone calls away. And, you know, in this in this country, I certainly agree with some of your, you know, your previous comments here about, you know, healthcare access for certain populations and minorities. So, you know, the advocacy never ends. We always need to be out there talking about it. Um, and we need to support it here at Microtech Endoscopy. We, we also... Um, for anybody who's an employee of the company, but um, and, and may not be on our Microtech insurance plan, if their other insurance plan doesn't support colorectal cancer screenings, we will cover it for them and the members of their family. Um, so we try to do what we can within you know the the, the group of people that that we um, that work for us every day. Um, but you know everybody needs to take to the broader stage with family and friends and to make sure that the word gets out. Um, so whether it's celebrities, whether it's Howard Brown, Ron Perry, whoever it is, it's just right. important to talk about it and make sure that as many people uh, as possible get screened uh, for the right reasons at the right ages. But, but listen, 
the awareness factor of, of, of colorectal cancer screenings. It's a team sport. Uh, you agree with me, I know. Um, take us, you now. as I said, I said before, I didn't know the products that go me. I'm sure your products have, have, have been, so, I mean, you, you talk to doctors and medical, uh, you know, hospitals and facilities. So take me a little deeper um, because, you know, microtech, uh, you know, you're on the forefront of, of, of screenings and treatment. Just not too, too techy, but take, take us a little deeper in kind of, you know, the range of, of products and, and, and what, what you actually do and what you provide to uh, gastroenterologists and, uh, and, and, and hospitals and medical facilities uh, in the Western Hemisphere. Sure. Um, you know, so I've, we've talked about colonoscopies here and, you know, that's that's a procedure that most people can relate to, whether or not you've had one. You Most people have heard about it, know, know basically what it involves. And, you know, for the most part, these these colonoscopies or many of these colonoscopies are done for screening purposes. And there's a you know set of simple tools that are uh, used in that procedure, like the, the snare I showed you just a few minutes ago, um, that are used for those uh, diagnostic procedures. Now, Microtech makes hundreds of products uh, that, that go in that same endoscope, um, and that endoscope um, can be used in a colonoscope for, for colonoscopies, but there are other scopes um, that are uh, uh, shorter in length and for other purposes that go through the mouth to inspect um, the esophagus and the stomach and the and the upper part of the small intestine um, that are also endoscopies and we make products uh, that go in this in the in the scopes basically shorter versions of colonos of, of colonoscopes uh, for those types of procedures and uh, the the types of procedures uh, and the complexities of procedures that are conducted today, whether you're having a, a lower endoscopy, like a colonoscopy or an upper endoscopy where it's passed through the mouth, the, the number of procedures, the number of um, uh, uh, complex procedures that can be done um, through those natural orifices to both diagnose and treat uh, conditions and diseases of the GI tract. It's just astounding. We, you know, today doctors can do, uh, gastroenterologists specifically can do much more through an endoscope than they ever have been. And Microtech is at the forefront of this because we have been working with physicians uh, to help develop these new tools um, that allow for the performing uh, performance. Excuse me of these of these more advanced, more complex. Uh, procedures, whether it's it's lower or upper endoscopy, and you know, much like how cardiology in the in the latter part of the of the uh, of the twentieth century in the eighties and nineties, it, it transitioned from a procedure and you know you open you know open heart surgery, open chest surgery, where you know the chest was was broken open and and uh, you know open surgical procedures were performed to to how that. Uh, clinical uh, specialty evolved to uh, primarily or or uh, to a large degree more minimally invasive procedures um, through uh, through a catheter. Uh, and now today, you know, in the field of cardiology, you know, you can replace valves and you can do very complex things in and around the heart and other parts of the cardiovascular system through a minimally invasive opening in the body. So similarly. Um, we can do much more complex things through the endoscope. The, the tools have gotten small and more sophisticated. And uh, again, Microtech has been on the on the forefront of that. So 
Um, you know, whether you're going in for a, a screening colonoscopy, which is one of the, you know, maybe quote unquote more simpler procedures, or whether there's something uh, more sophisticated that that needs to be uh, done, a you know procedure that might involve uh, entering, um, you know, the 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 the, the biliary system um, to remove or treat stones. All of that can be done endoscopically, which basically means you know, patients can go home um, very quickly, either same day or, or next day. And that minimally invasive uh, philosophy or um, uh, uh, framework in which procedures can be done just keeps expanding and expanding, uh, again, just in the same way that, that uh, cardiology did. Um, one other quick example, I don't want to ramble on here, even though I could for hours and hours. I love this stuff is, you know, we've all heard a lot about artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence is starting to impact and make its way into the field of medicine. And, and gastroenterology certainly is a field where uh, artificial intelligence is very relevant. Anything with images and videos is something where artificial intelligence can be applied um, to help improve diagnosis, help detect uh, more uh, polyps or abnormalities, uh, and basically support the physician. Um, uh, so you know we're, we're we're very much on the forefront of that and working to bring uh, artificial intelligence systems to improve the outcomes um, um, and uh, and accuracy of colonoscopies. We're very proud of that, and the field just keeps evolving more and more every day. It's uh, it's a very exciting time to be in this field, and uh, again to have that. Uh, that that uh, uh, notion that you know what you're doing is is not only pushing that field forward, but most importantly, it's helping to save more lives, help uh, you know get patients well more quickly, allow them to be sent home more quickly, be with their family and friends. It's very very rewarding, and uh, you know again, uh, very happy to, to be here and and share a little bit of that with you and your listeners, Howard. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's important. So tell people um, uh, how should they uh, you know get in touch? Uh, give, give the company website. That'll be in the show notes. We'll roll that across uh, uh, when the uh, when the video is and the audio are playing. And also um, if uh, they can find you on LinkedIn or uh, whatever way you want people to contact you. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm an open book. So, you know, LinkedIn is definitely uh, the, the easiest way to reach me professionally. You know, Ron Perry, P like Paul, E-R-R-Y, uh, Microtech Endoscopy. Our website, which you'll soon see is mtendoscopy.com. Remember, our products are prescription devices. So, you know, they're not for uh, purchase by consumers. They're, they're, they're purchased and and by healthcare facilities and used by licensed gastroenterologists, but mtendoscopy.com if you uh, care to take a look at the types of products that we have to offer. Well, I really am. I, I, I'm so appreciative of you, Ron, to come on and take a deeper dive and not just the normal, you know, uh, we took a deep dive into what's going on, had a little show and tell. So um, as uh, it's, it's important. So I'm going to ask you to join me in one second and doing something, but um, uh you can reach me, uh, Howard Brown at shineandbrightly.com. The book is selling. I've got speaking engagements going on, and um, it's just exciting. It's an exciting time for me. I am feeling good. So I'm going to put my glasses on here, Ron. We're going to shine brightly together. I'm going to ask you and I, on the count of three, to shall go get screened. So we're going to do that, and then we'll close out the show. So ready? One, two, three. 
go, go get right screen. Screen. <laughs> I have to do here. that a couple more times, but yes. Oh, yeah, screen. well, it's good. it's good. We're we we we're good together. So um, I appreciate uh, you coming on today. Thanks, everyone, for joining this uh, episode of uh, Shining Brightly. Be well, be healthy, be safe. And thank you. Thank you once again. Thank you, everybody. Thanks again for having me, Howard. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com. And remember, keep on shining.